If you've got your Bibles this morning, we're going to get to the Word of God. Anyone come ready for the Word of God this morning? That's good, that's good. Would you turn with me right now to Luke chapter 8, and we're going to be starting at verse 22. We're going to read four verses that are going to really shape today's message. And like I said, today I'm going to let loose a little bit, if that's okay. There's some unknowns of this sermon that are coming away as the first service experienced. And that's because everyone in this room is different to the previous service and God wants to say things that might be different in this service. So, but the same thing still, the, the principle remains. Father, we thank you this morning as we come around your word. Still every heart. We fix our eyes on you today, Lord, no matter what's going on in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for these beautiful kids and, and those getting ready even to start university, high school. Lord, let them have the best year, Lord. We just pray your protection around them. But also, Lord, we just ask as we fix our eyes on you in this message this morning, change us. Let us become more like you. Let this sermon, Lord, not just be a, a well-crafted message, Father, but let it be ordained from heaven, Father, that every word would hit every heart because the Holy Spirit is in the business of changing us. And so I ask today that, Lord, you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. I also pray that anyone in this church that ever has a wisdom teeth surgery never wakes up. Amen. Until they're supposed to wake up. Amen. Luke 8, verse 22. Sorry, I should probably qualify that. I'm not praying for your death. Okay, Luke 8, verse 20, says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Jesus has given them a clear, We're going there. This is what we're doing. Let's go. So they got into a boat and they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a squall, that's an interesting word, came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith, he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. What an amazing story of a group of people that are getting ready to go on what would seemingly be a very basic trip to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, it's quite a large body of water, but really, it's not more than an hour's journey from one side to the other. But in the middle of this sea is deep. It's a long way from land. And these young boys, if we don't want to lose context, they're young, they're young teenage boys. That it's not the P&O Fairstar where they've had a safety drill and HR assessments have been filled up. There's no life jackets on board because someone invented that whenever they did. Now, we're talking about some real fear kicks in because it looks like this boat could go under. If this goes under, we are done. And as the rocking begins, as the storm starts to rage around them, as there's a real fear kicks in amongst each of the young boys, there is this great picture of what Jesus is to all of us because we often also find ourselves where maybe in life it could feel like our boat is rocking. The circumstances of life could affect what is going on, not only around us potentially, but in us. And so we see these young boys go from a real human experience of we are scared. We don't know if today could be that moment that we no longer call earth home. There is this fear 
that not only is now centered on the fact that there is a storm around us, listen to me carefully, there is a fear that has gone from the outside to now the inside. There is this sense that this has got very real. Listen to me carefully. In our lives, when there are things that take place, whether they are sudden, whether they build up over time, whether there's a sense of maybe it just came out of nowhere, when the storm's kicking in life, you have to be so careful that the, the things that are on the outside don't get on the inside because that's when the boat can capsize. You can go through a whole lot of things and build a lot of resilience, but there are those moments in life where it comes from being I'm tired to being I'm weary. I'm confused to now like I'm confused, confused. I've got convictions to like I've lost my convictions. I'm talking don't let the storms on the outside get on the inside of you because that's right where the enemy wants you. Maybe right now, you know what it feels like as well to be facing things. I love that Jesus is so calm. In the middle of this situation where the boys are like, we're dying, Jesus comes out, wipes the sleep from his eyes. So hang on, boys, let me just go and brush my teeth for a bit. We'll just make sure that everything... And he's like, what's, what's going on? And they're frustrated because they're like, look. And in that moment, his first response is, fear's got on the inside of you. Where's your faith? And as he speaks to the winds and the wave, they stop. And I think we need to be reminded today that when you have Jesus on your boat, that when no matter what's going on and you speak his name, like Naomi mentioned to us this morning and she said it so well, that's when those things stop. When we mention his name, that's when the circumstances comes to a halt. When we get our eyes off the things that are not of that are beyond this world and on the eyes of our author and the perfecter of our faith. It's Jesus that calms things. And so we see not only in the natural in the story, but the spiritual realm, there is two things happening at once that we need to take note of because our natural often will also slip into the supernatural realm if what's going on in our life has got a godly outcome to it. For many people in this room, we've all started this year with a similar natural experience when it comes to a storm. In this room right now, there are people here that I'm aware of and also many others that during Boxing Day and during Christmas, as that storm came, which was with very little warning, if it was only just one or two trees at your house that got tipped over or maybe there was branches, your car was out and got some hail, right through to people literally that right now have been displaced from their home because the tree went through their roof or their car was written off or a few days later, a rushing river went through their bedrooms of their house and they lost it because of the flooding and all the debris that happened, I think we can agree that we have all shared commonality in the fact that it's been a pretty stormy, rocky start to 2024. Give me a wave if you would agree with that. I mean, there was a couple I spoke to this morning at church that literally only had the insurance assessor on Thursday come to their house and said, this is the worst house we've seen so far because there was a tree literally right through the bed in the main bedroom, just straight through it. I've got friends that are here right now that we helped, they're our neighbours that literally like had to in the middle of the night at 4am pick their kids up out of the bed as water was going through their bedroom and had to relocate them to their neighbour's house that was higher that they'd never met before at 4 in the morning. You can imagine the fear of those kids, the trauma of that moment and have to now live somewhere else. And so it's the questions of, did I get insurance? Is this going to happen again? Like, what's the point of living in this house? Like, is that tree going to fall on me? I think even last night there was a storm during the night and there would be people in this room that possibly could have been having flashbacks and triggers going, not again. Yeah. 
That's the natural circumstances of life. And here's the problem, right? As Christians, sometimes we forget that there is a theology that says that not everything is going to be okay. Sometimes we are in a false thinking that says, if I just give everything to Jesus, nothing will ever go wrong. It'll be perfect. Unfortunately, I've got something to tell you this morning. The only thing that Jesus guarantees us is the complete opposite. The absolute opposite. He says it like this in John 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things. He's talking about a bunch of things that have gone wrong. So that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will, everyone say that word? Will, that's a guarantee. Not maybe, not sometimes. You will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Can I just say to you this morning, if you are thankful for Jesus and His promise that He has overcome the world, come on, take three seconds and give Jesus a praise break this morning and say, thank you, Jesus, that my hope is in you and not the stuff. It's in you and not the storm. It's in you and not the things. Because when things get fragile, when things get a bit murky, when things get scary, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but if things were perfect, we wouldn't need a Savior. If everything was absolutely perfect, we wouldn't need God. And so we need to embrace the moments where actually God's trying to show us things. He's trying to grow us. He's trying to teach us. You might be here this morning, and as I was praying for this message, I felt God show me some pictures of people. Maybe you're here this morning, and right now you feel like you're in the middle of a storm called a marriage crisis, and it's gone beyond just a few fights to like, this is getting awkward now. We're having to live in different bedrooms, or you're having to, someone stay at mom and dad's house, and the kids are going, what's going on? But can I remind you that Jesus is in the middle of that storm. He's there and He wants to heal what's going on. You might be in the middle of a business turn, uh, economic slowdown right now and you're wondering, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay the staff? But can I remind you that Jesus is in the middle of that storm. It might feel like, what's He doing sleeping in the back? I haven't heard from Him for a while, but He has got things in control. You might be going through life and it feels like that is an addiction that just will not break. How long is it going to stay with me, God? This burden is too much to bear, but I want to remind you that but Jesus says, take heart because I have overcome the world. He will intercept that addiction that's going to get you. Maybe you're studying right now. Maybe there's assignments. Maybe you keep looking at your bank account and thinking to yourself, man, this time last year, this money went a lot further. How do I pay for my kids' school shoes? I don't know what you're going through, but can I remind you that Jesus is in your boat. Jesus is in control. Jesus will get you through to the other side. Maybe you're in the middle of loneliness. Jesus is your friend. Maybe you're in disappointment where He is your hope for tomorrow. Maybe you've been going through some relational misunderstandings and Jesus says, hey, let me take you away from it and show you how to love and forgive and not be offended in ways that others have not demonstrated to you. I don't know what you're going through, but Jesus is your answer. Jesus is the one who says, you will have problems, but I have overcome the world. Man, I'm thankful for Jesus. I hope you are too. Maybe you're here this morning go, I'm looking for something. It's not something, it's someone. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He loves you. He cares about you. I think what I've been describing this morning, I think we would agree, are the big things that can happen in life. When a storm comes, when there's an accident, when suddenly we're laid off and we don't know where the income's coming from. You walk into a doctor's office and you thought things are going well. Next thing, the blood test has turned into now a series of traumatic medical examinations, wondering what if. But can I also put to you today that there's also something else that is constantly going on in people's lives 
that maybe is best described as like an internal tug of war. A tug of war that has you constantly bound up. A feeling of, I don't know what to do. When will this wrestle finish? When will this challenge that I haven't been able to resolve, when will that come to an end? It could be on some of those things where like, God, our marriage can't continue this way. What is going to break that trend? What is going to stop that issue? It could be that there's things going on when it comes to losing a loved one and it feels like, God, this pain will never leave me. It's too much and I feel torn. Maybe you've been pursuing things right now that you know are not of God. And for whatever reason, you feel like this constant sense of the Holy Spirit's trying to pull you the other way, but you find yourself pulling yourself the other way. And it feels like, which way am I going to go? Maybe you came to church today. Maybe you're watching online. I don't know what you're going through, but this feels like, when is the wrestle going to come to an end? When is the decision going to be made? When is the circumstance going to actually finish? And it can be so emotionally exhausting. It can be so physically draining. When you haven't come to an outcome, when you haven't landed on an answer, when it feels like that medical response, I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't know how it's going to finish. And what do I do with it? And a lot of the time, no one knows what we're wrestling with. Maybe you've got an online addiction that no one knows about. Maybe you've been going through something where you've had to keep it from your wife or your husband or your parents. It's become a a habit that you know has gone from being a habit to an addiction. Who do I talk to? What do I do with that? Can I tell you this morning, all those things that are going on, you're a human. They're normal emotions. You're not alone. You will get through this. Because I'm about to show you something that God showed me this week that I believe is going to be a real key for your year this year. That you're going to remember a picture that you're going to go, if I just remember that for the rest of this year and stay true to that moment, that I will get through this. That wrestle will come to an end. That tug of war will, 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 will just, will, will, at some point, it will just lift. That fog will go. Would you turn to your neighbor this morning and say, I don't know what you're going through. You're going to get through it. Just, just tell, turn to your neighbor tell, you're gonna, and turn to your second choice and say, don't be offended that I didn't choose you. We'll get through this together. Just, just, just encourage your neighbor. You're going to get through this. Now, give me a wave for a second, okay? So now that we've lifted the, the cloak of like, oh, no one else is... Is anyone here at the moment going through an internal wrestle of some nature, somewhere? Give me a wave. Come on, just give me a wave. Look, look at all this. We're all in the same boat, right? We've all got something going on somewhere. We never have enough, never have enough money. We never have enough vision. We never have enough purpose. There's always something going on. And so I want to give you something today that I honestly feel like God gave me this week that I've never heard before or seen before. So the worship team is going to help me in a very different way this morning. Let's talk about tug of war for a moment because it's a really good picture of what God wants to do in our life. And so... Not only are they amazing singers, musicians, and human beings, but today they are going to be amazing at helping my sermon illustration because they are multitaskers from heaven. Now, who, who here grew up, whether you lived overseas, you lived somewhere else, like it's a pretty universal game. Who played tug of war in some environment? Whether, thank you. Yeah, some of you are like, yep, I did. Tug of war is a very common sport. You know, I think why? Because everyone can participate. Pretty much everyone can have a go. Everyone in the, in the you know, you don't have to pick sides. You just go one, two, one, two, one, two, you know, and eventually you end up in, you know, maybe some of you are professional tug of wars. I don't know. I don't know how that, what, if there's a sport, but it probably is. If you go on East Penn, we'll probably find it. But tug of war is a very common sport, and I think it's a good picture of what actually happens in our heart. But instead of it being very visual, like we would have it at a sports day or at a school carnival, this actually, what I'm about to show you, happens on the inside of us, and you don't know who's even 
caring. Now, in case you were born in a place where maybe you'd never heard of tug of war, let me explain for you quickly what tug of war is, and if not, you can watch Squid Games. Uh, actually, I shouldn't recommend that, but uh, you can watch the other version of it, which is the game version of it, and then there's nothing controversial there. But we do love everyone from Seoul, so it's a, it's a really good show. Now, let me help you, okay? So here, I've got the incredible worship team that are going to be participating in tug of war. We have a rope. Everyone, this is a rope. This is a tug of war rope. It's quite thick. It's strong, so that it can take the pressure of what's about to happen. In any tug of war, you need two even teams, right? You've got three here, three here. Now, you might, in your head, if you had to guess, which team is going to win this particular moment of tug of war, looking at them, and give me a wave if you think it's going to be this one. Give me a wave over here. And over this side, if you think these guys will win it, put your hand up. Okay, there's, there's definitely like a, a clear favorite over here. You've made your own assessment for whatever reason you want to assess. I'm not going to question your, your calculations and how you got to those conclusions. But it wouldn't be unfair to suggest that possibly this team has probably got a bit more size on it in terms of muscle and strength. And Naomi, like, Naomi is very strong, possibly. But what we don't know is how much of a inner fighter Vanessa might be. We don't know how much abs that this guy's got under that shirt. And you don't know how much Tonya could squat. We don't know those things, right? We can only judge from an outside point of view. But they're all people, right? They're all parts of our life. And in the middle of the tug of war rope, you have the, the, the white knot or a point of some kind where this group of people are trying to get that white cloth over a certain point, like here. And the other group of people are trying to get that one, their side, and the idea is that you are doing everything you can to take ground and pull them in the direction that eventually you're going to win and take enough ground that you are victorious. That is how tug of war works. And so let, let me just take you for a moment just to a, a basic illustration of what you could expect at any carnival of tug of war. Usually there's someone there that says, take the strain, at which point everyone, so now there's, a, there's tension here. There's now, on this rope, physics speaking, there is now, it went from feeling quite loose, and in my hand now, it is, there's force here. There's this real sense of tension. And so the next thing is like, I'm going to count it down, and we're going to start this tug of war. And three, two, one, go. There, there, is, there, is, there, is, there is movement. Now there's strength. There is fatigue starting to get. Now stop. Now stop for a moment. Now before church today, I said, guys, I want you just to just like play along with me a little bit. Clearly... It has revealed that in every person's heart, once put on a stage in a lot of room with a lot of people, that everyone is actually a competitor. And everybody what? They want to win. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. Mikey went crazy at the back there, even though I said, please calm down. Why? Because human nature just kicked in and says, oh, I'm in front of all these people. I better win, right? Right? That's normal. Now, listen to me carefully. Let, listen to me, let me really show you what God showed me this week that's going to help you. In any situation, I want you to imagine that there's always going to be people involved. Just, you can't get rid of people. Love God, love people. Oh, I love God, but people, they suck. I know, I know. that People are hard. But God commands us, love God and love people. We're called to love people. The problem is this, that some of the best things in life are people and the worst things in life are people. Because we're people. Like one day, Vanessa could bring so much joy to my heart. And Naomi could bring me a lot of heartache from a, a conversation. Did you know someone said this? Did you know that happened? Maybe right now Tim's going through something with his family that we don't know about and it's painful. And we don't know, but he's a person. And Jimmy's got stuff going on. And Tonya's got stuff going on that's real. 
And in my life, I look at people in my life and go, they can bring me so much joy, excitement, ecstasy, pain, disappointment. I can't escape those things. But the rope in this analogy is really important. It's like our circumstances, the things that we can't control. They're the things of life that there's going to be people involved. There's going to be things happen. And here's what I want you to catch today. The only way that tug of war works is when we get tension. Three, two, one. There is now tension on that rope. There is a sense that in order to take ground, there must be tension on the rope. There must be tension that has got challenge attached to it, tension that requires us to dig deeper. Maybe now the fatigue in your muscles, like when you go to the gym and you have to bring tension to your muscles. The only way that you're going to get bigger is that the tension is going to help form you. And so guys, start to pull on each other. Start to let the tension start to feel a bit real. Now, I want you to go for it. Like, go. Go, like, get in there. Okay, now come back for a second. Now come back for a second, right? But the tension, the tension is matters, right? Here's what happens, right? There's a point where the tension is healthy. That tension is going to be the very thing that's going to take us towards the ground that is required. And then that tension can bring fatigue. That tension can bring exhaustion. That tension can... But here's the problem. When it goes from the storm being on the outside in the circumstance and it gets on the inside, the problem is this, that the tension brings me tension. The problem is if we're not careful, if it goes too long and we don't resolve what's going on, guess what? It's too hard. It's too much. What was once healthy in the tension because it was forcing me to change or to work towards an outcome that God was trying to show me, that tension has now gone to it's now like all is gone. I give up. Somebody here this morning needs to hear this. Don't give up. If there is tension right now, if there is a sense in your heart that God's trying to do something in you, don't give up. Don't you give up on your marriage. Don't you give up on your children. Don't give up on your business. Don't give up on your life. The tension is God's way of molding you. Let's go back for a second to this analogy. I told you I was going to preach this morning. So you going to come back tonight because you want to hear this again. The tension is healthy. Now listen to me. When does the tension become unhealthy? Only you can decide that for your life. Because here's what happened. The Holy Spirit, when the tension comes, the Holy Spirit saying, know me. Like, do you trust me? Let go. Surrender to me. I know it doesn't look like you should, but let go. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the problem. People go, what are people going to think? My teammate, I'm letting them down. But you know the Holy Spirit saying, let go. Let go of the issue. And the tension still stays there because at the moment, there's tension in the circumstance. But now you're getting away from it and going, God, okay. And Vanessa's there saying, I've got to forgive. I know I've got to forgive. And you've been speaking to me and speaking. Okay, I forgive. And the tension's still there. But at some point, the tension goes because the fight's over. The victory has been made. And listen to me for a moment. If we put that, pop that down for a second. I felt God show me this this week. It's really important. I wrote this down. I want you to hear this. God uses healthy tension to change us. He uses it to change us. When he speaks to us, when he keeps tapping on that, that area of your life, and you go, he's like, there's always a reason you keep end up in debt. Stop blaming everyone else. There's a reason. There's a reason that everyone else always seems to feel like you're the issue. Deal with it. You haven't forgiven that person from back when you were 14. It's going to rear its head in your 30s and 40s, but hopefully not through your kids. 
Like there's a point where we go, the tension's healthy, but it can't continue. God, what are you trying to show me? That is why the 10 days of prayer and fasting is the best way to end the wrestle. I surrender, God. I've stopped with that thing. Okay, God, I get it. You've been saying break up with that girl for so long, and I keep thinking there's too much. I'm going to let her down and the people around and her family, and God's saying, stop. I haven't called you to marry that girl. Let her go. Stop doing things on your own accord. Either God is Lord of all or not at all. Either he's Lord of all or not at all. And so maybe that's the wrestle going in you. Like, which one is it, God? Who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be becoming? Because he wants to make us in his image. There's things that God says, I'm a loving father. And I'm trying to bring you to a point. The tension is real, but it's good. The only problem is that when we have tension, it's the way you deal with it. Do we embrace it to change? Do we embrace it to get better? Do we embrace it to become closer to what Jesus is trying to do in us? Or do we just drop our bundle? I don't care. I'm just not going to church. He doesn't love me. It's all supposed to be perfect. No, unfortunately it's not. Someone needs to write this down today. This is good. Embrace the tension, because that's where God gets the mention. Yep, that was my quote, by the way. Embrace the tension, because that's where God gets the mention. I want you to remember this picture all year this year. When you're going through stuff, when the tension comes, when there's that fight at home, when there's that that challenge with your kid, when there's that feeling at work that you're going to be let go, whatever's been going on, when you have the tension, remember that's when God is going to get the mention. Turn in every way you can to what He wants to do. But here's the problem, right? For anyone that knows Tugger, where you're going, Joel, there's something really missing here. Joel, you are missing the key element of tug of war. You are missing that kid that was in year four at school and there was nothing else that he would get picked for. But when it was time for tug of war, everyone knew that is the kid that you want on your team. They're called the anchor. The anchor is the most important part of any tug of war team because it's the physics behind it that says you want someone who is big and strong and has weight to them to be able to carry something that locks you down in place. The anchor is the key in any situation going on because when you know the anchor is fixed and strong, it brings you confidence. No matter how hard the tug of war becomes, no matter how fatigued your muscles start to feel, I'm telling you, when you know there's an amazing anchor at the end of your rope, you will keep going. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. I hope you're enjoying this message this morning. I've been working hard on it. So God has given both His promise and His oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, We who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest. When the tug of war begins, when the issues start to rage, When the people around you are starting to pull in either direction, you should do this, you should do that. You should move in that direction. I'm telling you, nothing is more important than who you have at the end of your rope. Who is the anchor? Now, I've got my son here this morning. It's his moment. Judah, come on out. Here he is. Give him a cheer. (laughs) Judah's come ready. He's a good lad. He's a good kid. Working on his listening skills. That's all right. But here's the thing, right? You look at Judah, you'd say, look, for a 10-year-old, yep, he's a good-looking specimen. He's working hard. He's working hard in his soccer. 
He's got some muscles. Give us a flex for a moment. Yeah, no, no. Give, give us, oh, yes, he got some muscles. Show us your abs. Show us your abs. What do you got there? Oh, there we go. Hey, there we go. He loves it. The kid loves it, right? It was his moment. He's been working on it, right? I think you'd agree. You'd say, man, Judah, like, you look good. Like, you, 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 if you're 10 years old, you know, like, that's good. Now, listen to me for a careful look. He is good as a 10-year-old, right? But if I was in a heavyweight tug-of-war competition, and I said, okay, Judah, you're the anchor. Go. Even though he's on the team that looks most likely to win, and we've already seen that, and we locked him in as our anchor, here's what happens. Some of you do this in life. In the moments where it's going to really matter, you look back at what you place as your anchor. Well, if I can get 20,000 followers on Instagram, if I can make sure that like, I've got some great friends around me that like a lot of fun and laugh all the time, God, I've got some things that no one knows about. There's some addictions that I have to turn to every time when things get tough and I'm drinking alcohol at times people don't know about. I'm taking pills. I'm doing things to cope. And we don't realize it, but that's the anchor we lock into place and it looks good in the moment and it feels good in the moment, but I don't know how he's going to go under pressure. And then we have a moment where we say, God, in the middle of this tug of war, when I look back to you, I hope that the anchor is going to be strong. And the good news this morning is a putty is here. And I need you up here, a putty. This is your moment. You know that this is your moment. Come on, join me quickly. Come on. Can you give your putty a big cheer? Come on. Give him a huge cheer. Come on, come on. Come, come, come. Run, 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 run. Go, go that way. Go. Come on. That's not a big cheer. A putty was made for moments. Like, a putty was made for this moment. Come on, give him a cheer. Look at him. He moves like a gazelle. He's like a fine deer in a South African gaming park. Look at him. He looks. Now come this way, please. Now, please, for a moment, would you, would you just stand next to Judah for a second? Just look at this, man. This is your moment, man. You know, back in year, you know, back in year four, back in Auckland, this was your moment too. Judah, come, come for a moment, Judah. Let's let your rope go. Come, come and stand next to the other anchor. In the red corner, weighing in at all the 29.1 kilos from Wurrungaree, Queensland. Give it up for Judah Cave. Looks good. And in the blue corner, Putty. The finest prime beef from Auckland, New Zealand. We're not going to be telling his number today because he's asked for us not to. But I can tell you, that's all muscle. Please take your moment. Get on the rope. Be the anchor. And so here's what goes on in life. We were missing the most important element in this analogy. And so we get ourselves ready to take the tension and the strain. This is where things now get real. What you all thought was the team that you said, oh, 80% of you said, oh, sports bets got them sorted easily. If that's one of your addictions, sorry to bring it to church. But the, the, be very careful, Judah, with that rope, just by the way. Uh, HR, uh, assessment. Um, just, just be careful. You don't, you don't end up with your head up, Michael. So, so I had them as hot favorites, as you did. But we forgot that there's someone else that is involved called the anchor. And so we say, take the strain. Three, two, one, and we start the issues of life. We start the issues of life. And Jesus, Jesus starts to pull. Okay. And what once, what once, thank you guys. Listen to me carefully. Thank you, team. Thank you very much. Listen for me a moment. A party, stay right there. I want you to remember a party this year whenever you're going through things. Because obviously in this equation that when you know that Jesus is the anchor in the middle of your storm. You don't want Judah in your storm. You want a party. 
You want Jesus. You want to make sure that the anchor is firm and fixed and strong. And I can tell you right now in that equation, as soon as this team here looked back and saw the fact that a putty was at the end of that rope and that he was the anchor, all of a sudden the confidence of each of them, they started to grow. Their faith started to rise. Their hope started to take a new level. Something starts to take place. Oh, we've got an issue here, Moni. Moni, please forgive me that I didn't choose you. I know that you would probably also be one of those ones that would... I bet you Patty didn't think this morning, I'm going to go to church and participate in tug of war. But you know what? He was ready in or out of season. He's been training for 12 years for that moment. Like he, he is a tug of war guru. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangling us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Listen for me a moment. We have lost the understanding of how to stay resilient, how to persevere, how to stay the course, how to make sure that when things get tough, that the tension can be pulled to the moment when God can step in. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat at the right hand of the throne of God, consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Or lo- and lose heart. Can I tell you this morning that opposition is one of the greatest signs that God's about to do something? Let me say it again. Opposition is one of the greatest signs that God is about to do something in your family, in your marriage, in that addiction, in this church. I'm talking about in every environment when the opposition comes and it doesn't make sense and the storm feels like it's raging and the tug of war won't end. I'm telling you, when the opposition kicks in, you can know that on the other side of the storm there will be a better day and His name is Jesus and He will shine in a way that will take you from where you're at to where you're going. Someone needs to hear this this morning, that you will see faith rise in your family, that hope is on the way, that God has got a plan for you and He will not despise you. Those things that feel really tense right now, He has a plan, but we have have to stop and go, I surrender to your plan, God. Where are your eyes fixed? Is He your provider? Is He your Saviour? Is He your joy? Or have you let other things step in that place? Would you stand with me this morning?